Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with It's the Interview Series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, for making your way here and checking out the series. Uh, you know what to do by now. You like what you see, what you hear, hit that subscribe button. I put out three new interviews every single week, new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones as well at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. And that's me, I'm Kyle Meredith, today talking with Kirk Hammock. The Metallica guitarist has his debut solo EP, Portals, uh, released for Record Store Day. We're going to hear about how it was birthed from his uh, horror movie exhibition a few years ago and when Metallica did S&M 2. Uh, Kurt's also going to tell us about just discovering prog rock bands like Genesis, Yes, and Jethro Tull. Uh, but not being much of a fan of the Beatles, I know they're not prog, that does go together in the conversation, I promise you. Uh, also, the uh, possibility of eventually playing this uh, Portals EP live and what it means to have the very first Metallica solo release. Kirk's also going to discuss um, if he would do ever do a uh, like a guest pack solo album in the vein of Tom Morello's recent releases. Uh, future plans for the wedding band, which also features uh, Robert Trujillo from Metallica. And having uh, more time for creative projects now that he's seven years sober. So let's do this discussing portals it's kyle meredith with metallica guitarist kirk hammett hey kyle how's it going let me say first how much uh i've absolutely loved listening to this portals ep that you've done here uh what a cool project i know it's part of record store day uh the obvious question how did this whole concept start it all came about from the need to like uh to, to have some music for my my museum uh uh my museum, my museum show, my a horror movie poster exhibition that that uh, 
that happened at the Peabody Museum in Massachusetts in, in 2018. You know, I sat down and thought, I should write, a, you know, some Miyazaki kind of thing to be play, played in the background while people observe, you know, the, the show. And so I had this, like, you know, finger-picking part. I sat down, and, like, four or five hours later, I had, like, seven or eight different parts to it. And, 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 and just, like, within that course of time, it went from, okay, I'm going to sit down and write some background music to Oh my God! There's there's this, uh, there's four or five parts here that 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 are actually taking shape and 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 uh, you know it's looking like you know this this the seed of an idea wants to be something else other than just background music and uh, and so that eventually became Maiden and the Monster and uh, um, when I re- you know when I when I was uh, uh, composing it. It, it, uh, my whole idea was to kind of like, you know, write music and arrange it so that they, they unfold more as like musical scenes, you know, or musical atmospheres or moods and or feelings. So it felt like you're cycling through some sort of like, you know, story or adventure, you know, with various scenarios. Uh, and, um, and that's how the maiden, uh, that's how maiden the monster kind of came about. And so I, you know, when I finished it, I kind of sat on it and, and really didn't uh, 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 give it any other attention and kind of like, um, you know, kind of shelved it away and tried not to bring too much attention to to itself. And so I, I another uh, for my second uh, uh, exhibition in Toronto. Uh, in 2019, I sat down and said, all right, I'm going to try to do this again. I'm going to try and write some background music. But, you know, I failed gloriously, and that became the gin. (laughs) 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 And it's just like, I was was at a point of going, wait a second here. Okay, I've tried to, like, write something really, you know, simple, and both of them turned out, you know, become two serious pieces of music. What's going on here? And I just thought to, to myself, well, I'll just sit on these two pieces of music and just, you know, see what happens. And uh, at that point, uh, the band was getting ready, ready to do S&M 2. And I met Edwin Outwater, who was uh, uh, the conductor for S&M 2. And we hit it off like literally within the first like 15 seconds of meeting each other because one of the first things out of his mouth was, I love horror movies. Ever since I was a kid, I'm a monster kid. I'm like, me too. And then we went into, you know, an ongoing conversation about horror movies and and the horror genre and whatnot. And uh, I said to him, hey man, you know, we could collaborate. I've been writing these instrumentals that are kind of horror based. You know, I got this, uh, I got a ton more music. We should get together and write something. Cause you know, I knew that, uh, that, he, uh, that you know, he, he was like, he, he knew his horror movies. And we both uh, uh, talked about how much we loved uh, the various uh, uh, soundtracks, you know, to, to various films. And, you know, he t- turned me on to a lot of, like, you know, 
uh, uh, classical composers and, and traditional or more modern composers that, that had, had written pieces that were really like, you know, dark and eerie that I knew nothing about. And getting a long list of, of stuff. And I was just blown away by how great all, all, all this music was. So I said to him, yeah, we got to collaborate. He goes, yeah, let's do it. So I played them like all these bits and pieces of music that eventually became incantation. And he just, you know, he loved it. And, you know, and that's how the incantation came about. And this we started this about, I would say, about two or three months before COVID hit. And so COVID hit, and, uh, and we had all this time. So what did we, you know, what would you, did we do? We just, just like, I, I contacted uh, uh, Edwin and I said, incantation is great. We should do something else. So I had this flamenco piece that, you know, the band kind of didn't really show much interest in. So I, I, I showed it to Edwin. He's like, oh, this is great. You definitely do something with this. And that became High Plains Drifter. <laughs> and so we had the demos to, to these two songs. And in uh, the summer of, of uh, uh, 2020, we went into the studio Right when, when, you know, things started to loosen up a bit, you know, and vaccine, people were getting vaccinated, and, you know, studios were opening up. And, and so we went to the studio with a small chamber orchestra and recorded those two songs. And, you know, they came out great. And so I had, then I had four tracks. <laughs> and it was weird because, like, this was not a plan of, a part of any sort of planning or anything like that, strategizing on my part, because I, I keep on telling every single person who I talk to, I don't take myself this seriously. <laughs> I swear to God, I just don't take myself this seriously. <laughs> so this just kind of happens, man. It kind of happens. And, you know, uh, you know, I was just like, this is great. So uh, I, uh, I went to uh, one of our managers, and I said, so I got these tunes, you know, and I played for him. And he said, oh, this is great. You know, and I said, you know, I'm interested in putting it out. He goes, okay. He, all of a sudden, you know, the next day he said, we should put it out right away. And I was like, huh? Because <laughs> I was expecting this to come out in like in a couple of years or something, you know, after the next Metallica album. You know, I didn't want any conflicts or anything, you know. So I was expecting it to come out like a lot later. And he said, no, no, it's It's ready. So, I mean, if it's finished, let's put it out. And then, like a couple of days later, he said, "If you get if you get all all the packaging done, all, all the notes together, sequence and everything, we can get we can we can uh, get it uh, uh, can get it released on record store day." And I was like, "Of course!" <laughs> and literally, we got all that stuff done and together in a week, and. You know, that pretty much brings us to this point. <laughs> but, I mean, it wasn't really part, it wasn't like, you know, something that I sat down and said, okay, this is what I'm going to do now. It just kind of unfolded, which is another thing that just trips me out. <laughs> you know, because if I did sit down and, like, announce to the world and myself, okay, time to do a solo album, I would put way more, more, more work and effort and there would be way more pe people involved and there'd be a schedule and a lot more stress and whatnot. It, it didn't, this didn't happen. It's just like, okay, 
Oh, okay. It looks like I have a, a track here. Oh, it looks like I have another track. Oh, it looks like we have two more tracks. Might as well put them out because it's only a half hour worth of music. So, you know, that's that's pretty much how it came out, bro. <laughs> well, I, I will I will tell you, it, it's, you know, I said it was fun at the beginning, and I actually meant that, I absolutely meant that. Uh, hearing the movements, hearing... Uh, this how the the titles go with the sounds because the titles are so descriptive in there. I mean, especially when you hear uh, see the words "High Plains Drifter" and and immediately, you know, I, I think you've talked about you know having Ennio Morricone as a bit of the inspiration in there. Like, like you feel that, and and in the gin, which you know was instantly, I think the first thing I was drawn to. By the way, is there? Is there a little Beatles send up in the gin? Uh, everybody's got something to hide except me and my monkey. Is that is that on purpose? Do you hear that? <laughs> I, I I'm not a Beatles fan, so if if there if, if it's in there, then maybe it's fucking super super subconscious or un- unconscious, you know? Because I do love George Harrison's playing, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of all the Beatles, you know, post Beatles work. <laughs> like I love Wings. Right. You know, I love George Harrison's solo albums, I love John Lennon's solo albums, and who doesn't love Ringo Starr's, you know, you know post Beatles stuff? <laughs> it's just so cute. Now, I'll check that out, bro. Yeah, there's a moment. It's about 4.50 in there where you go, dun, 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 dun. And I thought, oh, that's that's so specific. But, of course, it's also just chords, you know. Um, I love yeah. that. But kind of with that in mind, you know, when, when you're talking about send-ups, as we mentioned, Enio Morricone, do you find that you take moments in pieces like this to kind of put those tributes in there? Like, are, are there any, I don't want to call them Easter eggs, but do you, do you take those moments to kind of throw some send-ups when you can? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, there are, there are definitely, you know, things that I'm paying tribute to for, uh, for sure. And I'm super influenced by classical music and prog these days. You know, I just discovered prog, by the way. It's just like, yeah, I just never got around to listening to it. And then a few years ago, I was just like, hey, I need to start listening to this stuff because this stuff is really cool and important and instrumental in what, you know, heavy metal is today. You know, I think definitely draw a, a line there, especially with the early prog, you know, I mean, if it wasn't for that early prog, you know, heavy metal wouldn't would sound different. You know, the, the heavy metal we know today. I sincerely believe that. But, I mean, that prog influence was huge. And, you know, the classical influence has always always been there. But I, I was, it was the first opportunity for me to really act on it primarily. And, you know, I, 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 I'd have, I, I had had a, a real just kind of like hunger to take up symphonic instruments, you know, classical instruments, and just use them in a heavier format, you know. And it's it's amazing because a classical instrument has the potential to be so heavy, yet so beautiful. And, you know, you don't really get get that, that kind of, like, you know, tonal paradox, <laughs> you know, with a guitar, you know. Or maybe you do, but 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 it's it's it, you know you really have to have to like you know it comes so naturally with 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 like you know a cello or a violin you know a viola and and so you know I just I, I, I all these songs you know were written with 
with the idea of incorporating that, that kind of instrumentation from the very beginning. And so that's why it, it, uh, I feel that, you know, the, a, a lot of the, 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 the stringed parts, uh, 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 a lot of the arrangements just flow so well. is because there's, you know, it's written, it's written with a lot of that kind of stuff in mind and a lot of space created for that kind of inst- instrumentation. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast, and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Did the um, Is it a coincidence the, when you talk about the Prague thing coming into your life that I think it was just last year that you were on a Tom Morello track with Alex Lifeson from Rush? Yeah. Well, I've always been a Rush fan. You know, I've always been a Rush fan. I've never really listened to, like, you know, the S, Jekyll Tall, Genesis, King Crimson, you know, all, all those kind of affiliated bands. And, and so, uh, you know, I, I, at one point, I was just like so into yes. It's, it's all I listened to for like a couple of weeks, you know. It's just like it was, I was driving everyone crazy around me. But, you know, it's just great stuff, man. It's just really, really instrumental and important stuff. And especially just how you can tell a story without lyrics. I mean, I think that's one of the most fun parts about that genre for me anyway and especially as i mentioned i get that from this portals ep as well well yeah i mean you know it's just it's just like it just goes to show that you can tell a story without really relying on human language you know you know and and, and this is like a pretty good uh, uh you know kind of example of that you know being able to tell a story without really uh using human language and it's really underlying the fact that Music is universal, you know, because you listen, you know, we can listen to this and get some, some sort of storyline out of it, you know, think, you know, one person, you know, sitting in Oakland, California is going to get somewhat of the same sort of like, you know, uh, 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 musical messages or, 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 you know, audio messages of someone who's sitting in like, you know, uh, you know, somewhere in, in, in Nigeria or something, you know, it, you know, still get, you know, somewhat sim- similar sort of like messages and feelings. And, and, you know, how cool is that? How universal is that? It's like, you know, making, 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 you know, telling a tale that's, that that could be so personalized, you know, at the same time. Well, it, it keeps happening all the way through it. And, you know, I haven't even mentioned the incantation. I know you did, but, I mean, it it almost gets downright playful and maybe hits on more sounds than any other uh, of the tracks, which says something. I mean, you fit so many different moods into one little song, as a little song, but, you know, it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of amazing how much is packed into that. Yeah, it's dense. It's a dense <laughs> tune. And, like, you know, even myself, afterwards, when, when it ends, I just feel like, ugh. 
I just felt like I just went for a run or something. <laughs> you know, what I mean, you know, it's kind of it, 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 it's it's physically exerting listening to that tune, you know, because it demands so much from the listener. But you know, at the same time, it's very rewarding. You know, I feel. So, are you going to have space in your schedule this year to to do any of this live? Is there going to be a live component? Well, I, I I still have to figure out how to do it. You know, <laughs> how to do it live. I mean. I know how I know that all these songs could be played in a, 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 a four-piece band. You know, guitar, uh, bass, drums, and keyboards. But it would not. You know, you'd be missing all the instrumentation. You know, the way to do it would, would be uh, to, to, to uh, have a four-piece band and then a small chamber orchestra consisting of five or six members. You know, two cellos. Um, uh, I mean, two violins, a cello, a French horn, and a harp. And so, all together, you'd have a nine-piece band. You could do it. You could you could play these tracks live with a nine-piece band. You know, it's it's definitely possible. And and, and so, you know, so I mean, we, I, you know, I'm, I would love to take this on tour, and I would love to play in every place, you know, with, with these tunes. I just, we, we, it still remains, you know, whether or not it's feasible or not. Or not. And if, if enough people are interested, you know, in, in seeing stuff being performed live, you know, I think it'd be pretty cool. But, you know, time will tell. <laughs> would, love to, would love to see that. Uh, does it put any more importance on this project that after 40 years, this is, there's never been a Metallica solo project uh, before and th- th- so this becomes that, right? I guess so. I mean, you know, there have been attempts in the past, with, uh, not very good, you know, results. Uh, and you know, those attempts in the past have been well documented. But I mean, you know, things are just different now in Metallica. I mean, we're just a lot more mature, I guess, <laughs> a lot more responsible, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and, and and so, you know, things like. You know, a solo album. There's just, you know, there, there's a, 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 just a, a new, it's just a different understanding of, you know. I think the understanding nowadays is that we're all artists and we all create, and we should all, you know, have have, have uh, uh, the uh, the opportunity to express ourselves and you know, put out whatever art we want to put out, to, you know, to the world. There, there's no there. There's no reason why we shouldn't at this point. What have we got to prove? We're freaking one of the biggest bands in the world these days, you know? I mean, how how can, how can anything dilute our influence these days? <laughs> you know? And so I believe, you know, putting out an album like this only makes us look better, you know? And it's not just... You know, it's just not not just my my solo album. I mean, you know, this album is the result of of, of those guys' influence too. I mean, I, those the guys have been playing with for the last forty years. I mean, you know, they're on this album as much as I am. You know, it's just just subjectively, you know, not objectively. You know, I mean, come on, we're all we're all influenced on each other when it, when it comes to being in a band. And so there's no way around it, you know? 
Well, now the seal is broken. I mean, now now those opportunities are there. You know, I mentioned Tom Morello a minute ago. Could you see yourself ever doing what he's been doing lately with with his uh, with his records with with all the guests, vocalist type of a thing? Yeah, I could totally see myself doing something like that. But you know, I'm a, you know, even though this is a solo yeah, solo project, I'm a band kind of guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe in in the, the power of you know. Four or five individuals, just kind of like you know, having a similar goal, similar vision, and really just like you know, putting their heads down and making making that happen. And you know, I'm I love that because it leads to results that you would never have have, have expected. You know, and it leads down creative roads that you would never have went down by yourself. And, and and so that's why I think you know, being in a band and collaborating is probably the best opportunity you can have as a musician. If you do it all yourself, you know, definitely possible, you know, and and it, and and you know, it's it, it's it's great, but it takes a lot of work, and you know, you kind of know what you're what you're gonna uh, uh, get at the at the end of, of the road, you know, or maybe. 60 or 70 percent you'll know (laughs) but with a band uh, and collaborating you know you never know what what the whatever you're working on you never know how it'll turn out and usually it turns out for the better you know and so having said that you know i could see myself you know doing something like tom does but in a band sort of format you know or it's you know the same same people playing on each track uh, and then maybe you know, subbing someone out, you know, or, or inviting a special guest or whatever, you know, like having that Richie Blackmore play on this or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. But but there being more of a, a band format at the same time, kind of like 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 like, like, like Carl Santana does, you know. When, yeah, when he he has like you know guest musicians, you know, it could be anyone, it could be guitar player, vocalist, percussionist, you know, horn player, whatever. I like that. That is like more interesting results, I think, and just better collab, you know, collaboration. And you know, the wedding band also, I think, is, is something that that you know is, is a cool outlet for for Rob and I. And you know, the wedding band is great in that we can refurbish the wedding band to do whatever we want. If we want to make the, of the wedding band a ten-piece band with full horn, horn section, you know and three vocalists, you know, keyboards, whatever, to play a bunch of funk songs, we do it. If we want the wedding band to just be four guys, just slamming it out, you know, playing a bunch of, punk, like, punk songs, doing a punk medley of stuff, then we do it. You know, if something is going on in the future and the wedding band might be a good platform or vehicle for it, then, yeah, sure. You know, the possibilities are endless. You know, there's no real limitations nowadays. So, I mean, you know, pretty much anything can happen. You know, I'm really into jazz fusion. Rob's really into jazz fusion. We're really into funk, you know, uh, uh, funk, R&B, soul, uh, you know, all that stuff. Uh, You know, who knows what might happen? You know, Rob and I might put out a, a... funk jazz fusion album and that would be super super fun you know for for us 
I don't know if it'd be uh, fun for everyone else, but you know, <laughs> it'd be super fun for us. And so, you know, who knows? We might do it. I want to hear it. I do because we can. You know, right. because we can, and we don't have to worry about shit. It's just they're going to sell X amount of albums for us to even like survive in this, this fucking, you know, musical industry. Fucking the way the music music industry is now. We don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. We're doing it for the art of it, you know. Yeah, you got the the wedding band. I know is coming back and and uh, this year doing some shows, and that's fun. And man, you got so much too. And I saw the Knights uh, of Lacono. Am I saying that right? The comic that's that's on the way too. I mean, Knights of Lono. Lono yeah. That's right, Knights Lono. Yeah. Lono. I mean, seriously, you've got all of these things swirling around you. This, uh, I mean, I, this obviously seems like a very fun time to be doing what you're doing. It, 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 very, it, it is a very, very fun time to be doing what I'm doing. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with the fact that, that you know, I've been sober for seven and a half years. And it's like all of a sudden I had all this more time, you know. Time I used to spend at nightclubs and bars and, and whatnot on recovering from, from that. <laughs> all of a sudden I have all this time, you know, all this more time to do more cool stuff. And, you know, I've always kind of had this, like, nervous energy, you know, always feeling like I have to, like, you know, just, like, occupy my time somehow creatively. And so this is kind of, you know, the consequence of all that. And I love it, you know. I just love, I love music. I love horror films. I love surfing. I love my family, you know. What else is there for me? <laughs> if you get to do all the things you love, then you're living the best life possible. That's uh, absolutely true. Yeah, right yeah, and you know, when I look at it, it, it's, it's, you know, it's all stuff that that, that you know, it, it isn't you know, isn't too too far out of reach of you know, you know, you know, your normal, you know. Yeah, it, it it isn't you know, it's it's a it's a pretty normal lifestyle, is what I, I'm saying, you know. I you know I don't, you don't need like a huge financial resources to do you know what I do. I just like I go to the beach, you know. I I, I hang out on Shutter dot com, you know, and I, I hang out with my 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 collection that I've been collecting you know forever, endeavor, 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 and I just love it, you know, and 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 and, uh, and it inspires me to like you know do more of that kind of stuff. I love what you're doing out there. Congratulations on portals and, and everything that's going on. And, and Kurt, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it. I so appreciate it. Hey, I, hey, I appreciate it just as well, Kyle, bro. Really, I, I do, man. And thank you. Thank you for, uh, for being so, so kind. My thanks to Kirk Hammett. Uh, again, the new EP is called Portals, released on Record Store Day 2022. Big thanks to Kirk. Big thanks to you for checking out the episode. Uh, before you get out of here, hit that subscribe button again so you can keep up with all the new interviews that's come your way every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Three interviews a week with your favorite artists and new discoveries as well at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with then after that head over to wfpk.org to where i do a show monday through friday 6 p.m eastern an hour full of song premieres music news anniversary spins bonus interviews monday through friday 6 p.m eastern at wfpk.org consequence has your music and film news you can also find me on the uh, social media spots mostly on twitter also facebook and instagram all three of them at kyle meredith do hope you like and follow along 
That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Okay, you know, one last, then one last one, Kyle. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Hey there, it's Kyle Meredith from Kyle Meredith With. After you check out the latest episode of my show, uh, be sure to check out some of our other great programs on the Consequence Podcast Network, including Standing BTS, a bi-weekly podcast covering all things BTS and ARMY, and The Opus, Consequence's original documentary podcast exploring legendary albums and their lasting legacies. So head to Consequence.net to listen to these podcasts and many great others. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.